Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast, a podcast for you. Yeah, you. You're pretty special. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and Philadelphia Phillies fan. And I'm Danielle Kaschenek, wedding planner and sports. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Daniel Moyer, how are you doing? I'm good. Very yeah. good. I'm stretching. Hold on. Work Stretch. it out. Oh. Work yep, it, out. it out. Yep. Uh, I've been sitting too long. I was in Vegas last week. That was exciting. You were in Vegas? Did you spend all your yeah. monies? No, I didn't even go to the strip at all. I was there for a, a workshop um, to learn how to be a better connector with people. So if you weren't on the strip, where in Vegas were you, um, were you staying at? We stayed at an Airbnb, like way, like probably 10 miles from the strip or no, not 10 miles, less than that, like five miles from the strip. It was good. That's cool. cool. Las Vegas is one of my happy places. I love the energy of Las Vegas. It was also, the only thing that stunk is like, I left here in, in like maybe 25 degrees and I got out there and it was like 40. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like Vegas, you know, like, because the only other time I was in Vegas was like 110. Right. And it was just different. And you were maybe hoping for like a cool 70, 80s. Yeah, that would have been awesome. enjoy for a bit. But and it was anyway, 40 degrees okay. the whole time? Yeah, it was like I, I walked to the gym a couple times in the morning at like 6 a.m. And it was like, like my hands were frozen by the time I got there. It was like 30 oh. degrees walking in the morning. But midday, it was still like 55. Like one day I got up to 60. So it was it wasn't bad. That's but, not bad. I um, love I love a 60 degree way. Uh, I love a 60 degree day rather in the winter. They're just yeah. they just feel like you can walk around in like shorts, basically. Yeah. Whereas a um, sixty degree I, degree day in summer, you're like freezing. Like everybody puts on their like hoodies and, and all that stuff. It's all right. While while I was out there, uh, we released that first Dear Dan's episode. Um, yes. And I was I just kept watching the the listens climb. I was super excited about how how great of a response we got from just that first little mini uh, episode about how to say no to a wedding vendor. It was pretty right. cool. So, 
Yeah, if you haven't listened to it yet, our Dear Dan's episode, it's a new segment that Dan and I are doing where you send us your questions. We've been getting uh, quite a bit of questions via email, and we thought it would be awesome to sort of sh- short of share these questions. <laughs> 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 to share these questions that apply to people on a bigger scale um, and make little mini episodes out of it. So we've yeah. got... Um, last week's episode's doing great, and we've got another episode coming out the week after that this episode airs. So, yeah, but this isn't going to be a regular thing. Like they're just going to come out whenever they come out. Like they might not always come out like the opposite Tuesday. So don't get used to that. That's Dan's spontaneity creeping into this podcast, guys. <laughs> and Danielle's literally freaking out right now. I it have I have twelve night. years worth of mini episodes recorded, so we're good to go for a while. <laughs> so Dan, I want to talk about. Well, first, have you ever, did you ever see the show Mythbusters? Gee, no, I haven't seen that show. What's it about? Really? Wait, you haven't seen the show Mythbusters? I guess I have seen the show. It's like my favorite show of all time. Oh, really? I've watched, I've watched every single episode yeah? three times. Why did they determine that Jack could fit on the raft with Rose and the Titanic or no? Say, use, slow it down again. What? <laughs> In the movie Titanic... The common um, complaint is that Jack Dawson, beautiful Jack Dawson, could have fit on that floating piece of wood door, whatever raft that the wonderful Rose is laying on. And she just doesn't. She's just like, sorry, kids, stay in the water. I love you, but stay in that water. So Mythbusters did an episode where they tried to see if it was possible that he could get up with her. Oh, you huh? said you saw every episode, so I was just quizzing you. No big deal. <laughs> Stumped. Well, why? Why did they? How did, what was the answer? I don't know. I can't remember. I just remember watching it because I feel like they used Barbie dolls um, as like part of their like their testing. Because you know how they do it on like different scales to like just sort of prove different um, sciency things. I'm out yep. of my league, but yes, you know what I mean. And at one point, I'm pretty sure they used. Uh, Barbie dolls, which was funny. So That's sweet. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about myths, and we're going to bust those myths, but we are not going to use science because bleh, I don't like science. <laughs> I like science, but we're not very sciencey. So there's no. no like there's not this is this is just us and our opinions and things we have observed um, in the industry and what we have seen just in our regular couple. So it's based on some uh, evidence, but. We're not sciencing it. Right. Because there's there's certain statements that sort of float around the world of weddings that when they're heard can feel like, you know, wedding law. And right. if you, you know, if you go against that wedding law, the elusive wedding fairy is going to hunt you down and tie you up and take away all of your hopes and dreams and Starbucks reward points and Pinterest boards and all that. So the fact is <laughs> that... Um, most of these, you know, statements are merely opinions or someone's personal experience with whatever the subject is. And I thought it'd be fun, um, and Dan thought it'd be fun to take some of these statements or myths, as we're calling them, and just bust them wide open. Yep. Just, just, just tear them wide apart. Just gonna unpack them and just really figure out where they come from and yeah. if they're BS or not. Yeah, and we can't. We probably can't call it like a MythBusters episode because of like trademarks and all that stuff. So, is that show yeah. still on? No, it's done. Oh, really? I wonder Pretty what sure. those people are doing now because I feel like they're brilliant. Oh yeah, and like I, they're also entertaining. Oh, 
let's dive in, Dan, shall we? Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we put together um, a few of these myths. We're going to talk through them and talk through each one as to why they just ain't true. Yeah. Sound good? All right. Yep. First off, this is this is one I hear a lot. And I think it's one that is one you're going to hear a lot when you first start planning your wedding and you get engaged. The average wedding costs $30,000. And if you spend less slash more, you are cheap slash high maintenance. Dan, have you ever been to a wedding where you can assume the overall budget was below this so-called average of $30,000 as a total wedding budget. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've been to weddings that were like $5,000. Okay. And have you ever been to a wedding where you can assume the overall budget was above this average of $30,000? Definitely, yes. Okay. So in either case, based on on that fact alone, did you walk away from the (laughs) wedding? Just based on the fact of how much money they spent, did you walk away from the wedding making any major judgments about the amount that the couple had invested on the wedding? No, all I kept thinking was, wow, that was a fun wedding. Right. Right. Like you didn't go there being like, guffaw, they obviously only spent $10,000. Where's the champagne raspberry toast? Where's my caviar? No, of course I didn't do any of that in either situation. Or where's my mason jar, right? Like it just doesn't work that way. Right. And I think unless you're sharing how much you're spending overall on your wedding, with the people that are outside of your wedding professionals, the people that sort of, you know, have anything to do with the total amounts of your wedding, I necessarily don't think anybody needs to know how much you're spending. Agreed. Um, And there's so many, I'm banging the table because this makes me so mad. There are so many different factors, you guys, when it comes to a wedding budget that are so different and unique to every single wedding. It's ridiculous. So first of all, there's a million different factors that come into totaling up your wedding budget. There are things like the size of your guest list. A 30-person wedding is like a whole different ballgame than a 300-person wedding, right? Right. Like think of the amount of people you have to feed, the amount of seats you need, tables you need, chairs you need. Seats and chairs are the same things. Flowers you need. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then you also have things like Where's your wedding at? Is it in a city? Is it outside of the city in like rural Pennsylvania? So a wedding in Philadelphia or New York City or San Diego or Los Angeles is going to be much different than even, you know, the backcountry middle of the country or rural Pennsylvania, right? (laughs) We just like to say rural Pennsylvania. Or rural Virginia. Right. It's also time of year, depending on where you're getting married at. Location, again, comes into play. But then there's on seasons and off seasons. So if you have, you know, if you're planning a winter wedding here in Pennsylvania, it's often a little bit more affordable than if you're planning a June or October wedding here in Pennsylvania. And I know Mm -hmm. that we have said this before on other podcasts, but again, how much you spend on your wedding is not going to have any effect on your relationship is not going to have any effect on um, how awesome or how validating you two are as a couple. Um, It's not going to have any relationship on like how much fun you can actually have on your wedding day. It's just a number. However much you feel comfortable with spend that amount. 
Right, exactly. And I think I think that's such a big part of it is if if you go into it with this amount that feels scary and terrifying, maybe that's not the amount that you should be investing in your wedding, whether it's your money or or um, you know, your parents' money. However, this money is is coming to be that you can give to all these professionals that are making this wedding happen. You have to be comfortable with what's happening at the end of the yep. day. And 100%. I think, again, I go back to the statement that unless it's your wedding planner or the professionals you're working with, no one needs to know how much you're spending on the wedding. And if right. you have someone that's bugging you, feel free to make up a number as far as I'm concerned because it's none of their beeswax. Am I right? Am I right? Right. You're right. High five. Whoosh. Uh, whoop. So, okay. yeah, I think I think that's what it is. And I think the only um, the only people that are telling you or giving you the vibe that what you're spending on your wedding either makes you cheap or high maintenance or average or whatever title you want to put on it is maybe the people whose opinion shouldn't matter in your life. Boom. Yep. I said it. Totes agree. Totes okay, agree. What's, what's the next one? Okay, so the next one is one that um, people are told a lot as well, that your uh, wedding day will be the best day of your life. That's, a, that's setting the expectations pretty high, eh? Right? Holy pressure. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine, um, like if a stranger walked up to me um, on the street today and they were like, hey, Danielle, May 12th, 2018 is going to be the best day of your life. I would approach May 12, 2018 with so much anxiety and and nerves and all this stuff. And by the time I got to May 12, 2018, I would be such a mess and so inside my own head that I can guarantee you I'd be a mess. How many times in the past years of your life have you looked back or been with a group of friends and been like, oh my gosh, remember that time blank? How many of those times were actually planned? Right. Of those times you were like, we're going to go out. We're going to have this amazing night. We're going to do this, this, and this. It's all going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. It's always those like those spontaneous moments or those things <laughs> that just were unexpected, right? Like leaving room for the unexpected. That's what that's what really sticks out in I think most people's minds when they think of like a great time. So you don't need to – the pressure is just tough to live up to. So – Actually, this is something you say pretty often, but like if you think of any normal day, how often does everything go perfect in a normal 24-hour day? So you're going to have to expect that your wedding day might not be perfect um, and it might not be the most epic of all days possible. Right. And out of all days, too, your wedding day is a day that has more activities and events planned plus a hundred and whatever people or however many people you have coming to your wedding that you're also trying to factor into this perfect 24 hour day. That is right. so much pressure. And I'm not saying to don't like, to, you know, aim low guys. I'm not saying that. What we're trying to say is that to put this label on it of it has to be the best day ever. I have to look my best. I have to be my best. I have to smile my best. I have to, you know, whatever my best. I have to take pictures my best. That's, that's too much pressure for any one person, let alone two people to then put off onto each other. Guys, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, there's a lot of variables, right? That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I would say, and back me up on, on this, Danielle, if you think it's true, is I that the one, the one way to really ensure that you do have a great time is the more you invest 
and I, I don't mean invest with money. I just mean the more you invest in the experience of the people who are going to be there, the more that you see them having fun and enjoying themselves, I think the better it's going to feel to you. Right. Yeah. And that goes to all things. I think like it's the more you invest your heart, right? The more you invest your yep. heart into yep. your relationship, the more you invest your heart into this event that you're planning to celebrate your relationship, it all will it will all help add to that enjoyment all around. Um, and I think yep. that's a lovely way to say it. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Um, I've also seen and read stories from people who have gotten married and have flat out said, it was a great day, but it wasn't the best day of my life. And that's okay. You know, yep. I think... Um, all said and done, when you get there and you, you, you know, you don't even give yourself those expectations and all said and done at the end of the day, you go, it was a good day. But that day that we went on that date to that amazing place was kind of a better day. That's okay too, because it's, it's just all memories, right? It's all of these memories and adventures that we go on throughout our life. And I just want to say it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ooh, this is gonna, this is a good one. I really like this one. Um, this myth is, the next myth is you'll save money by just having a friend do insert product or service here. Right. So it's okay, guys. I'm going to save money because a friend of mine has really great equipment and, and they'll DJ for us or they have a really good camera and they'll be my photographer. Ew. Right. So, Dan, um, have you worked weddings before where um, obviously you were the photographer there, so I doubt there was a friend present taking photos um, right. on a professional level or trying to be on a professional level. But have you ever worked a wedding where there was a friend DJ or a, a friend doing flowers or whatever it was? Yeah, I have. Um, I, get the, the, I guess the thing that I keep thinking about from this is – like so I since I am a wedding photographer I do have friends who are constantly asking me to photograph their weddings and um it's hmm. cool like I, I I totally enjoy like getting to work with a friend or whatever but it's also really nice when I get to be a guest at people's weddings like at my friends weddings I think a lot of it from that perspective where if like if this person that you know is like a a pretty good friend but they also have to happen to kind of do this thing. Which do you really want them there doing? Do you want them really to like have to work at your wedding when you've got like other options for people who like actually do the same service or whatever, photography, videography, florals, whatever, or do you want them to be able to enjoy themselves at your wedding? Um, and especially when it's a friend, I think that's a question you should very seriously ask yourself. If that person is amazing at what they do and um you know you feel comfortable asking them and they say they agree that's awesome but if this is just somebody who's just gonna like help you out because maybe they're just getting into it or or something they want to like try to get into i would really heavily consider um what your wedding is worth and mm -hmm. Um, all the other stuff that comes into it. So if they're just getting started, they do you want your wedding day to be an experiment in learning? Right. In my experience as a wedding planner, I have worked with friends of the couple who have very kindly stepped in and said, I will help you with this thing. Um, it's not uncommon for it to be a DJ or a photographer. Um, mm -hmm. I usually advise against it for a number of reasons, but 
what often ends up happening is that somewhere, and this is not all cases, but in a lot of the cases in my experience, somewhere the ball will get dropped because they just didn't think of any everything. They don't have the experience to back them up. and It's and, not what they do every day. Right. And stuff happens, you guys. Yep. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And in my experience with it, what ends up happening is the the vendors who have been hired around them, especially myself and my team and, and all the other people involved in the day, sort of have to pick up the slack now of this vendor, which takes us away from what we were actually hired to do. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets really tricky for me is when we then have to step in and sort of save that vendor from screwing the day up on ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think about it from this perspective too, like if you have a, a friend who is like willing to step in and do this thing for you, um, let's just say worst case scenario, something really bad does happen. It, it's tough to be, is that what's going to be the thing that like drives a wedge between you and your friend because they did this thing that they were, they, they really were meaning well, but now there's always this kind of like this nagging thing in your friendship where like they, they just weren't prepared for what they did. They messed something up. They didn't have the correct knowledge. They screwed it up. Um, and now it's like this little black stain or maybe it's a big black stain um, because they didn't – it's not what they do every day versus like if it's a wedding professional who really messes something up, you can kind of be mad at them. Like they they know what they're doing. They're supposed to know what they're doing. You you have some ramifications that you can actually do if you want because they're not a friend. They were hired to do a service. They didn't follow through. You know what? There's different ways to handle that. And I think right. there was a contract too, right? Can't yeah, really. 100%. I think it's hard to sign a contract between friends, right? Because that feels sticky yeah. and gross. Right. There's right. always, there's like, of course, there's like this wave of good intentions that like mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great um, when it's like a friend of yours. But right. you wouldn't say the same thing about like just some, a wedding professional you hired. You'd ask questions, you'd send them lists, you'd, you know, you know, meet up, you'd talk to them, you'd figure out what you want. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff happens because like they're just a friend. They're going to show up on your wedding day. They're going to do stuff. But the, the meat of it is not there. Because again, it's not a system that this person is following because they do this day in, day out. Right, exactly. And um, we're not saying, I guess, don't bring your friends in to do the things that right. they may want to do, but really weigh the pros and cons of the risk and all the things involved with it. Because it, it, maybe it's something little. Maybe grandma really wants to make your wedding cake. Oh, yeah. And you do not care what that wedding cake tastes like at the end of the day. You don't care what it looks like. It's going to be the best thing since sliced bread because your grandma made that wedding cake. In that That's case, sweet. by all means. But you can't get mad at grandma if the cake doesn't look like it came from Martha Stewart weddings. You know, does, right. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because think... you get what you pay for, right? And that's right. you have to be willing to accept the results come what may. Because right. the person you love contributed to it. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Well said, Danielle. Just to be able to, we're not saying don't do this thing, but just right. really weigh the pros and cons. And if something bad happens, just own up to it and realize like you made the decision, you made it, you know, doing your due diligence and whatever happens, happens. Right. Don't just do it to save money. Right. Because in the long run, you may end up spending more than you initially wanted to in the first place to get it fixed. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? You're right. Okay, Dan, next myth. It's your day. It is my day. <laughs> okay. This statement makes me want to like barf a little. <clears throat> um, 
anytime I hear a couple say, or even a bride say, or a groom say, it's my day, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I, I just cringe a little inside. You know what I mean? Why's that? I feel like to, to, to go into it with this mentality of it's, it's my day. I could do what I want. All rules out the window. To a certain extent, like, yeah, go team. Um, you know, power to you. Right on. But at the same time, you have to go back to, like, your morals and your respect that you need yeah. to have still for other people. And I, um, I see this a lot in, not necessarily my clients, because my clients are all perfect, wonderful, A-plus gold sticker people. Um <laughs> But I, I see a lot of other people that sort of complain about this is that, um, you know, a florist will say like this bride reached out to me and she demanded, you know, that she have these flowers despite them not being in season and she wants them for this cost. And I don't care what it looks like or how unsafe it is for my guests. If there's a super high centerpiece in the middle of a field where it's windy and it might blow over and break, I don't care. It's my day and I'll do what I want. Ooh. And Yikes. that like... That mentality, like, just, I think it just, it just breaks my soul a little bit because it's just, you know, if you go back and listen to this podcast's most popular episode, which is episode two, it's your party for everyone else. Like, yep. yes, it's, it's your day to celebrate together um, about your union and your commitment to one another, but it's your party for everyone else. That's what your wedding is, your celebration. Yep. Otherwise, yeah. y- your, your, your marriage is that start of standing together, making that commitment having a license and having an officiant, the wedding is the party. Right. And I'm willing to bet that if you were to hang out or talk with those people on any other day, they would not make such a, uh, a ridiculous outlandish statement as like, I don't care what happens to my guests. Right. I don't care if a vase falls on them. Of course they right. wouldn't. But there's like, like just because it's a wedding day does not mean it gives you a license to like a get out of jail free card, right? Like, yes. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think that if it is your day, if it is your wedding day, like you should, you should soak in a little bit of the attention that you get. You should, you feel special, right? Like a little pampering. Like I, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. I mean, you're a spending all this carpet money. Service, right? Yes, right. Um, and I, I remember, um, as I was dropping my friend Joe off, who's, uh, who's our wedding photographer. I was dropping him off at the salon, uh, to have Rachel's photograph taken in the morning. And on he your said, wedding day. On yeah, on our wedding day. Sorry. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he said. Dan, I just want you to make sure that you soak it in a little bit, let other people do good for you, and just enjoy it. And I was like, okay, because like I, I, I tend to be a maestro, right? Like I like to do, like I like to organize the people at the party. I like to just like, I like to be the center of attention. I like everybody to feel good. And it's difficult sometimes to like let go and relinquish control and allow people to do good for you. But I think it's important. That like since it is your day and you are kind of the center of attention, it's important to let people do good for you, but not to let it go to your head. Yes. To use your powers for good instead of evil. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Today's episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast is brought to you by Manly Bands. As a dude, you probably don't realize there's some pretty sweet options out there other than the traditional gold and silver for wedding bands. Manly Bands offers unique wedding bands at an affordable price, as in all less than $200 affordable. And if you procrastinate it, you can get your ring super fast, like in as little as four days fast. This doesn't help you, though, if your best man loses your ring on the way to the altar. They're not that fast. 
right. And they also have really great customer service offering free exchanges in the United States and a 30-day We Got You Bro return policy if you don't absolutely love your manly band. And every band has a one-year, no-hassle warranty. Save 15% off your Manly Band ring when you use code RINGONIT at checkout. Visit manlybands.com, enter promo code RINGONIT, all one word, R-I-N-G-O-N-I-T. All right, next myth. This is one, uh, I I like all these myths. I don't know why I keep saying this is what I like a lot, but anyway, 30%, I, I hear this one a lot. Yeah. 30% of our guest list won't attend. I call bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Bulldinky. Do you, um, do you watch the show, The Good Place? Nope. It's, um, it's a show with Kristen Bell. Do you know Kristen Bell? Yeah, I like. Kristen I love Bell. Kristen Bell. She's in it, and like Ted Danson's in it. I for anybody <laughs> listening, I highly recommend it. It's just this like feel good, easy, cute little thirty minute show. Um, but in it, long story short, she can't curse, so like everything comes out like mother forker and like bullshit and like. <laughs> it's just it's really funny, but like she like just they she physically can't curse. Like anytime she tries to, she just can't. So it's cute. And it's Kristen Bell, so she's like this little sweetheart doing it. Anyway, I call bullshit on this fact that 30% of your guest list won't attend. Okay, why? So, Dan, you and Rachel have hosted your share parties from, you know, your your wedding to birthday parties. Um, Yep. And of those parties, has it always been that 30% of the people that you chose to invite do not attend? No. Sometimes it's like sometimes everybody shows up and we're like, holy crap. And sometimes like... Um, Ooh, maybe only twenty five percent will come up. Yeah, like like this one time that uh, just Danielle and her partner Mike showed up in a party that was supposed to have like twenty people. Right, that was because of birthday snow. because it snowed. Right, but guess what? On your wedding day, things can happen too. Now, this isn't to like, yep. scare you, but um, this. Oh wait, 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 what? wait, wait, wait. Perfect example. Our wedding day, we invited a little over 200 people, and we had, including Rachel and I and wedding party, 150 on the nose, which is way less than 30%. 30%. It's 25%. So it's not less than 30%. So it was more. Math with Dan and Danielle. We told you this wasn't going to be (laughs) science-y or (laughs) math-y. Continue. Right. So, but that just goes to show you, like, it's, you can't use these, like, numbers that you Google and find on the internet to use for your own logic when it comes to your wedding, because there's so many different factors, right, Dan? Like with your 200 guests, you had people coming in from out of town, right? Like Rachel's family, you got married in Pennsylvania. Rachel's family was in what? North Carolina, South Carolina? What? Uh, Well, Rachel's mom's in South Carolina. Um, We had people come from Jersey. We had people come from the West Coast. Some of my family came in from Western PA. So like, Everybody drove. Right. So many different factors come into play. People's health comes into play. The time of year comes into play. Um, Where the wedding is taking place comes into play. If you're doing a destination wedding, you know, we've talked about it before on this podcast. You had a destination wedding, right? They invited how many people and like they all came? They all showed up. Like 75 people coming to a destination wedding, which is a lot higher than average, right? So, it, but it doesn't matter because to that couple, the average didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was who showed up to their wedding. And in in your case, when you're planning your wedding, the only thing that matters is who's going to show up to your wedding. It doesn't matter if you yeah. are above or below average. So, when you're looking at yep. venues and you're trying to figure out um, 
how many people you have and how many venues, or I'm sorry, how many people that your venue can hold, please, 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 you guys do not go over whatever maximum that they tell you it can hold. When you're sending out those invites, please don't invite more people than you can physically possibly host because the stress ain't worth (laughs) it. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that in some of my final meetings where like people are receiving their uh, response cards back and they're like, yeah, we're just waiting for some people to say no. Right. We're actually getting kind of worried now. Right? And how many times yeah. in our life do we throw a party and hope people respond by saying no, they won't come, right? Like, <laughs> right. The weddings are the most bizarre thing in that sense. And I get it. It's, you know, you're paying a lot often per head. And every person that says, no, I'm not coming sort of saves you like, oop, saves 100 bucks there. Oop to 200 bucks there like i get it i I get that part of it hands down um but i just think it's important not to base um any bit of your wedding off of these statistics now it's good to sort of go into it with an idea but all that matters is how it applies to you you know your guests best you know you know you know if you've got 40 people of your guest list coming from overseas you know who's probably going to attend and probably who's not going to attend due to age, health, whatever. So factor that in. But I think, I just think that's important. Yeah. There were a bunch of times where we like, as we were inviting our guests, we were like, who's not going to come? <laughs> Both our families are pretty tight. Like who wouldn't come? And I was surprised Like people just had stuff going on. They couldn't get a babysitter or, you know, whatever it was. Yep. Life happens. Um, yep. Um, okay. Next one. Uh, you need an even quote unquote, even number of people in your wedding party. So I think this is two things like you don't you don't mean even as in like you need 14 people in your <laughs> yeah, wedding. Not or like you need 14 versus 13. You're right. OK, right. Um, A balance. So what you're saying number. is like you need like five bridesmaids, five groomsmen. Right. That's uh, so I have seen more bullshit. <laughs> uh, an insane amount of of. Uh, people on both sides, like 13 on one side and two on the other and eight on one side and 15 on the other or two and four. Like it just it is what it is. doesn't matter. Right. And I think like how how perfect are we trying to say life is that like we're getting married to our partner and we each have five best friends, <laughs> you know, like and what happened? like did you actually have to pick and make it even and like Mm -hmm. leave out a really good friend because you need it to be perfect? I mean, so this is, here's a little bit of like the perfectionist photographer and me, the perfect amount. If we're, if we're really going to talk right now, I'm going to be real for a second. Real talk here is four on either side (laughs) that fills up a a three by two frame because that's the photographic proportions is three by two normal 35 millimeter. It fills up the frame so perfectly so if you are like super type A and you're like really weird about things, four and four is is really lovely. But that, wait, I'm wait, just wait. saying that. Like, but does that include like the like maid of honor best man position? Yeah, four and four. Well, I'm just saying if you say like four bridesmaids, is it four bridesmaids plus a maid of honor? Isn't the maid of honor a bridesmaid? Super stupid conversation. <laughs> no, the maid of honor is not a bridesmaid, Dan. Jeez. She's she's part of the bridesmaid team. She's no, she's part of the wedding party. Right, very true. Okay, so and if you break the wedding party down, yeah, right. So if you have a family tree, <laughs> Dan and I break out a whiteboard. <laughs> so here we go. Okay, thirty minutes right. later. And what Dan's trying to say is, if you're looking for like a number, I guess that's fine. But like, dude, please don't bring people into your wedding party just to like have that for. If out. you have two, you don't. If you have, if you have none. 
you're fine. It's okay. One and one right. is fine too. And it doesn't yeah. have to be That's all right. bridesmaids on one side and all groomsmen on another or whatever it is. Have bridesmen and Men. grooms ladies or best yep. people yep. or your friends. Love it. Call them friends. <laughs> Because yep, all our friends are in the wedding party. Yep, Mix it cousins, up. Cousins, what, whatever it there. might be. Sisters, friends, brothers, whatever it is. Bride sisters. Bride sisters. Do you like the um do you like the um trend of I don't want to call it trend. I've seen a few people do this and it's cute, having their grandmas be flower girls. So sweet. I There's love this that. one picture floating around right now of a bride outside of a church and her grandmother is is holding um her dress and veil behind her. Um and it's um it's one of the most beautiful photographs I think I've ever seen. It's such a simple little moment, and I just I can't think help but think of the photographer having the wherewithal to one. Hopefully, he asked that question or she asked that question and knew about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't, bravo to that person for seeing this little moment. And like like grandma like is just absolutely beautiful back there. She's like wearing like a whitish ivory dress with like these like. Um, this like lacy bottom and the bride is just like absolutely just beaming. And she's like, like holding her flowers waiting for the doors in the back of the church to be opened so she can walk up. It's like outside the church in the back. And it's such a lovely picture, but yeah, sorry. Um, you'd said, yeah, I've seen that before. I've seen, I saw that recently where it was two, two grandmothers as, uh, on the bridesmaid's side. Um, and they weren't like, yeah, they weren't like, they weren't. They were. They wore like both wore maroon, like everybody else. Uh-huh. Um, and they had like their own special dresses. Uh, but they were honored in that way, and I thought it was really sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. If anybody, I don't have any grandparents left, so if you still got yours, hug them tight if you can, because they're special, special people. That's for sure. And speaking of flower girls too, um, I also think just to tie in with wedding with wedding party, you don't have to have kids in your wedding party either. Don't feel like you have to have a flower right. girl and a ring bearer to sort of go back to this concept of having an even wedding party. You don't. You can have just one or just the other or none at all. If you're worried about how your rings are getting down the aisle, A, please don't give your actual rings to the ring bearer, especially if that child is under the age of seven. (laughs) Um, I have seen them get chucked. And two, a best man can easily hold the rings. Even your officiant can often hold the rings. They can be placed on a table beforehand. So don't feel like logistically, how on earth are your rings ever going to arrive to your ceremony if you don't have a three-year-old in a um, tuxedo deliver them right <laughs> uh, yeah totally okay I feel you you need to take the next one I will take the next one Dan as a bride you have to wear white Blech. oh do you no I don't think no, so no that's a myth Dan remember we're talking about myths in this episode yeah you don't have right, to so I don't think so here, here's my opinion on it based on my extensive knowledge of fashion is <laughs> well you don't have to laugh like that about it so fun fact i've been um battling round two of the flu which is why my voice sounds like it does and i'm doing a lot of coughing but i've been in bed a lot and i've decided i'm going to watch all of sex in the city like the episodes because i've never watched them i've only watched the movies and love them so basically i my fashion sense is like heightened at the moment Oh, okay. Yeah, just so you know, my my Jump. my sex advice too is apparently way higher than normal. So yeah, and I know more okay. about the city. Go figure. <laughs> Fashion, sex, city, got them all. Perfect, nailed it. Check, check, and check. So, 
What I was going to say is, depending on your age, I think you always want to be mindful of how you look in other colors. So if you have, um, uh, just by nature, if you just come off as a person who looks very youthful, very young, if you opt for a more colorful gown, and I've seen this happen, um, or even a gown that's like a light blush, like a light pink color, you really want to be careful. And this is when you're like straying away from white and you're being a little bit more daring. You want to be careful that you don't look like you're going to prom. Because I think it's so easy, especially like I said, if you look young, it's so easy to sort of give off this vibe like you're, you're going to prom again because suddenly your hair is all did and you're, you're in this like beautiful purple dress and you're holding flowers and it's like, hold on, I don't look like a bride now. So you still want to have um, a look that's unique to the chapter of life that you're in and makes sense to the mm. chapter of life that you're in. But it depends yeah. on, you know, it depends on, on how you look. I think... Um, you know, you can also decide how trendy you want to be. Like for a period of time, um, you know, black was a color and then red's a color. But if red's your color, rock it. But don't wear red just because Vera Wang said you need to wear red. Right? right? Can, we, can we talk about Vicky's dress for a hot second? I would love to, I would love to talk about Vicky's dress. We could talk for that- a half a minute. Yeah. Oh, man. So Danielle and I had – that was one of the first clients we worked together on, wasn't Quite it? Quite possibly, yes. Vicky and Dave? I think so. Um, she had this – It wasn't the first. Uh, Amanda and Mark were our first wedding. Oh, that's right. That's Hurricane. right. Hurricane. Uh, anyway, so Vicky had this – it was a you know a white dress on top. Mm-hmm. Um, the bodice was white. And then as it got towards the bottom, there were like these different layers of like like grayish black in it mm-hmm. that like like kind of shot up and and through the the bottom of the dress and it was so unique and so beautiful like it, i love that it was like a little bit of tradition like i think she felt like a like brighty in it mm-hmm. um but also like really put her own twist on it and when i think of wedding dress like don't like i've seen some amazing you know, traditional wedding dresses all bedazzled up and jeweled and stuff. Um, but that one just really sticks out to me. Um, and it wasn't extravagant, but it sticks out to me as something that was just so fitting to her. Like she really saw that dress and was like, yes, that is mine. That is me. Every time I, I post anything about that dress or post a picture of it, people always comment on it and just, they just love it. It's so unique. It looks stunning on her. It almost looks like feathers in a like non boho way though. It's, it's super unique. It's airy. It's beautiful. I'll have to, um, I'll post it on my Instagram so you guys can see if anybody follows me on Instagram, D P N A K. Um, I'll post a photo. What, what, what pictures are you going to post? I'm going to post your photos, Dan. I don't have any other photos yeah, from a wedding. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just think it's, um, don't feel like you have to wear white A, but if you don't wear white, do it because it makes sense to you. You know what I mean? Not just to rebel or to do whatever or go against the grain. And, you know, for a lot of people, white's just not your color, but there's other options, even like ivory, off-white, like, it's okay. I think, I hope we're getting away from this trend of telling anybody what anybody else should wear in life, because I hate that, but, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Okay. A girl can dream. All right, next one. Next one, which is, and I don't, I don't know where this comes from. I think this is strange. Um, but that DJs are cheesy, right? Like, so I, I may, oh, go ahead. Maybe that comes from no. Maybe that comes from like the old, like tuxedo DJs who are like trying to be funny and the master of ceremonies as well, versus somebody who just like crushes it, plays good music, and eventually like 
like tries to pump up the crowd a little bit. Right. Um, but not by like throwing out super cheese tastic jokes. Right. This is actually I, I pulled this I think myth. That maybe that's where it comes. Right. I pulled this myth um because I'm involved in a few Facebook groups and I see people post a lot like you know, searching for whatever for my wedding. I see people say, right. um, looking for cheap, non cheesy DJ for upcoming wedding. And every time I go back to this thought that like a, that's a weird way to put it because you want somebody cheap. That's a whole other discussion that I'm not going to get into. But like to say like, hey, I'm looking for a non-cheesy DJ. Like any cheesy DJ is going to be like, yeah, I'm not cheesy. Of course I'm not cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many options out there. So if you've been to a wedding and you've seen this DJ and he's like pulling up blow up guitars and he's playing the chicken dance and the Macarena, <laughs> even though I like the Macarena, I really love the Macarena. I, I really like the blow up guitars. Oh my god, really? Yeah, you I like would, the blow up guitars. You like toys. Yeah, yeah. It just makes people be sillier, and I like silly photos. Right. There's a way to do it where it's fun, but I think it's been way overdone. Like, yeah. uh, you know, ten years ago, it was it was just done right into the ground. So now, when you go to a wedding and it just comes out, it's just like, uh, all right, yeah, I guess that's okay. what this is happening, right? Oh. oh, where are the glow sticks? Oh, here they come. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many bomb.com DJs out there, people that actually live mix and and not just yep. they're not just standing behind a table playing shuffle from their iPod. Like they're so good at what they do. They're brilliant at what yeah. they do. And I think if you have um if you don't necessarily have the budget for or even don't want a wedding band like this full eight piece wedding band to play at your wedding, which is totally OK, don't feel like your only option is like a, a smelly guy in a used tuxedo that's worn down that plays gross songs. Shout. Yeah, I, oh, mean, I like the song. Shout. Yeah, I, I mean, there are I think there's both sides of the story. Like some people say, like, oh, we want a wedding band because we want the live music. We want that hype. Right. And there's other people people who are like no we want the actual songs like we want like our friends love these particular songs and we want those real ones they're both i've seen both djs and both bands crush the dance mm -hmm. floor um i think if you just do a little a little research a little you know do your due diligence you will find whichever one you want um and they'll be perfect right. for you I'm, I'm willing to bet that um even in your area even if it's a small area that there's still a handful of insanely talented djs both male female, whatever, who are cool, yep. talented, yep. And, and professional that are going to show up and do a really good job. And just as a warning, they're probably not going to be at the bridal shows. Some may be, mm. but don't go to the bridal shows looking for them because there's so many, there's a whole world outside of a bridal show when you're looking for your vendor. So, um, yeah, big time. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, so Dan, have you ever done a wedding where there has been a DJ, but then there's also been a live musician playing in conjunction with the DJ? Yeah. Awesome. Right? Yeah, those are kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um was were they doing drums? What were they what were they what was the like live musician doing? I'm trying to think. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Um there I, I saw one where there's a drummer. That was pretty cool because I pl I played drums as well, right. so it was really neat to just like feel like you feel the the beat and feel the thumping. Um I think I had a DJ with a um Full drum kit, that was one of them. And then a DJ with also like a trumpet, guitar, and like a, a snare drum, I think. Cool. Or like, um, yeah, those are pretty cool. That's cool. We did a Latin wedding once where we had um the DJ and then and then a guy playing bongos, which was 
so, it was Ooh. so good. Like you couldn't not like your hips just had to move like when you were standing there. Um, <laughs> and same thing with the drums. It adds this a uh, live element that's really cool. But you get to keep the like authentic songs that we know and we hear by the people we love. Like it's sung by Pitbull. Yeah. And then there's also drums playing or bongos playing. Holy lordy, it's amazing. Sweet. Yeah. So just an option. <laughs> oh, okay. So the last, nope, second to last one that we I think we have planned for this mm-hmm. is you have to invite anyone who's invited you to their wedding. Nope, not true. Not true. Not true. Have you invited every single person to a party that's ever invited you to a party? Like when you've had a party, have you just always invited every single person who's ever invited you? Nope. Right. Man, you're a jerk, Dan. Doesn't need to happen. Doesn't need to happen. I agree. We, We change throughout our lives, right? We go through different different chapters and we go through different relationships and some high school or college friends stay best of friends forever and ever and ever like sex in the city though i don't think they didn't yeah. meet in, in high school or college but like they're like bffs for e and e and e and there's others that just go out of touch yeah. right so yeah i think if you are getting married earlier in life um it's one thing but if you're getting married later in life if you're in your upper 20s 30s 40s so on and so forth you know and you went to a wedding that your college friend got married when she was 21 and you were 21 and you went to that wedding and you haven't talked for 20 years i don't necessarily think that you need to invite that person to your wedding you know right if you're out of touch yeah can i can i see if there's a caveat yes in this um if so if you're at a friend's wedding in the same year that you're getting married they invite you if it's in the same year I would say you should invite them. I disagree. Really? Yes. Because I would say like there's like, there would be like a time limit on nope. it. Um, or like a soft limit. No, no why not? I disagree. If you're good enough friends to be at their wedding, why wouldn't you invite them to yours? Because what if, what if your wedding is only, guest list is only 10 people and you just have your parents there? Oh, totally. Well, I just, but if, okay. I, so then where's the line at though? Right. And I think that's where, that's where you have to draw the line because there's just no clear oh, well, if, if I went to a party this year to that person, then I need to invite him this year. Like, at what point is the cutoff? Is it one year, six months, two years? Like, I, I just don't think you can approach it that way. I think you just need to look at right. it as how many people can you afford to host? And of the people in our life, who's, who's you know, who's our most important people you want there? You know, your inner circle, and then, you know, work your way yep. out from there. Because ultimately, that's that's how this works. Um I read something in a book recently that talked about our relationships and um, they they broke it down into sort of three relationships. So the book is um, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. It's um, I've talked about the podcast before from the Minimalist podcast, but basically it breaks down relationships, like I said, into three categories. It breaks them down into your primary relationships, which are, you know, good or bad, your closest relationships, like your your partner, your parent, your sibling, whatever it is. The secondary tier consists of relationships that are similar to the primary tier, except that those relationships are of less value for a variety of reasons. So um, maybe your close friends, a boss, a few select coworkers, extended family members, whatever it is. Um, and then the third tier is your periphery um, 
your periphery relationships, I guess is how they break it down. So it's like neighbors, members of your community, acquaintances, you know, Facebook friends, things like that. And yeah, I think, you know, you have to break your your wedding guest list down into probably some version of those three tiers to some extent of the people that, you know, yeah. they got to be there no matter what the people that you'd like to be there, you know, if 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 the budget can afford and then that third list of like, well, you know, if if the budget and space allows, then those are the people we're going to invite. And I just feel as though right. that whether or not you were invited to something shouldn't determine I mean I think it should be a factor of many factors but I don't think right. it should be the only determining right. factor into whether or not they should be invited agreed agreed right. but I definitely think it should it should be a factor right cool and I think so the easiest response when someone is expecting an invitation um, for whatever reason it might be I think it's important to let them know that there are so many people that you wish you could invite but due to budget or space limitations, whatever you want to say, you've had to keep things small and they don't need to know anything else. But you can also tell them that you look forward to catching up with them and celebrating together after the busyness of the wedding has passed. And I just I just think if if they're a good friend, they're going to accept this answer or a good person in your life. They're going to accept this answer and move on yeah. or they're going to choose to have hurt feelings, which is their choice in the matter. But I, I just don't Absolutely. I don't see a better way that you can handle it if you're if it's just someone who you're not able to invite for whatever reason. This is what it is. No, I'm well saying thanks. Well said. I feel you. I feel you. <coughs> um, oh, this last one I think is a, is another really big. Um, uh, you're gonna. This is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be amazing. You're gonna have a great time doing this. Yeah. Um, and that's that. You're going to love being a bride or groom. Oh my God, you're going to love yeah. being a bride. It's like the best ever. Ew. There are, there were really fun parts about being <laughs> a groom. And I like, I think my personality tends to naturally lend itself towards like, like I said, like I like being the center of attention. I like being in a little bit of the spotlight, but there are plenty of couples who I work with who are like, like it kind of terrifies us a little bit to be in the center of the spotlight. Like to be up there in front of a hundred of our friends or 200 of our friends to be standing in front of them. Like that, that's a little scary and or a lot scary. I, yeah, uh, I, I think that is a lot scary for some people and yeah, I think when we, when we, when we go through different chapters mm. of life and we take on these, these new titles, um, whether it be bride, whether it be groom, whether it be mom, whether it be sister, whatever it might be, I think, so many of us expect to sort of take on a different personality to fit what we see other people doing when they take on that role or that title. So one of the common things for brides to, to sort of have to suddenly emit this like bridal glow, you know, and, yeah, it's, you know, right. I, I get it when you get pregnant hormonally things are changing inside your body so your body is glowing or sweating what you know <laughs> I think we say yeah. glowing to make them the lovely pregnant woman feel better about herself but I love pregnant women by the way I think they're the most beautiful people oh, on this too. planet oh gorgeous Rachel I, I cannot wait until she's pregnant again hey <laughs> uh... so I think what it comes down to is when you have this like you know oh you're glowing as a bride I mean when you get engaged hormonally you physically don't really change you may be feeling a little extra love which may, makes you a little bit more like a little pep in your sunny step. and beamy but maybe not right like 
maybe that's maybe that's not who you are and i think you know yeah. you know to try and like force this glow to come out of you suddenly feels really inauthentic and i don't yeah. and i just don't think that anytime you're you're changing chapters in life and taking on these new roles i think anytime you try and fill in or or become this version of what you think you're supposed to act like and be like and say and do all these things. I just don't think it's going to work out well for anybody. Granted, we have the podcast where we tell you what to do and, and how to be the best and plan the most killer wedding yeah. and all that. So I guess maybe that could come across hypocritical. But our overall message always tries to be that, you know, just bring out bring out the best and, and have a great time and, and go back to the the purpose of it all. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Well said. Good job, Danielle. Thanks. So, um, I think that wraps up the ones we had planned. Um, if there's any that we didn't hit, and you guys are like, <laughs> oh man, I've been to a bunch of weddings. I have heard these things, or I've seen these things. I think that these are ridiculous. Um, hit us up. Let us know. I mean, maybe there's something we're missing. We're just people, too. Um, so, just uh, hit us up, and uh, in the meantime, check out our website, Put a ring on it podcast.com uh, to keep up to date with show notes and lots of updates on season four. Yep. And if you're on the website, you can click that get in touch button. Get in touch button. Bushin. The bushin. The get in touch bushin. <laughs> I'm done talking for today. Um, and you can send us your own question for an upcoming Dear Dan's episode. Mm -hmm. Keep in touch on Facebook um, to ask questions, get updates on season four, and to uh, be our friends. Yeah. And don't forget, guys, we do have that Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-A-R-O-I. We will see you guys in maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Well, definitely in two weeks, but maybe in a week. Right. Can't wait. See you guys. Spontaneity. Hashtag spontaneity. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. -bye. Bye.